Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we are coming to you live <laughs> from our hotel room in Miles City, Montana. Where's that? Well, it's about an hour and a half from the North Dakota border. And we're here for what's it called again, hon? The world famous Miles City, Montana Bucking Horse Sale. So this town fills up, this town of 9,000 fills up and, and just blowing up all over the place. And it's kind of like a big rodeo with a parade and uh, the downtown, there's a bugle corps that goes through town. Everybody follows them kind of through town to every bar and they go around bar to bar to bar. So we don't really know what to expect, but we were kind of late getting our reservation in because we decided to do this at the last minute. And we're in the Best Western. It's nice, but it's not like what we've been staying in. So my wife is sitting back here on the bed going, oh. So Kimmy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's good to have you here. Um, our sponsors are New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. And do you have a question? I forgot to remind I you. I do. I did have one and I lost the one I wanted to use. So now I'm trying to find a second best. So we'll put it up in a second. I'll get okay. It. So we're going to have a question for New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. They give 10% off to the person that gets it right. And you have to do it by the end of the show. Yeah. Um, so Kim, I want to yeah. show you what we did. We're going to, you guys, here's what we're going to have tonight. We're going to talk about mental health and your kids with Elrod Center. Um, very important information. Bill London's going to be here with your newscast at the end. We're going to be checking in in just a couple of minutes with Bettina down at the Chamber of Commerce in beautiful Florence, Oregon. Because guess what? After a couple of years, the Roadie Festival is back. Finally. And they have good weather for it. Yeah. So that's that starts tomorrow. Um, yeah. I think the pageant might be tonight, but I know yeah, it I think there's tomorrow. already stuff tonight. She'll um, tell it's us. One of those no. things I'm going to always miss uh, not being in Oregon anymore. But today, so Kathy and I went to this place and I got to say, right, the Pictograph Cave State Park. It's just outside of Billings and there are actually pictographs on the walls. Ooh, so look, wow. at this, look at this, Kim. So you go in those little caves and you can still see them on the walls in there. And oh my it's, just, gosh. it's just right outside of Billings. It's really cool. I got another shot too. That's a kind of a wide check this one out. There's three of these caves and they found 30,000 artifacts from ancient civilizations in these. What? Yeah, it was. And it's, we've got these really nice paved little things. You just walk around, you know, it's not a, a strenuous walk or anything like that. Right. Oh my gosh. And look, and look how green it is in Montana right now. So beautiful. And then I got to get to my picture banners here. That is so cool. Everett would love that. He's been asking about pictographs. I'll have to show him that. Okay. So this is Pompeii's Pillar National Monument um, on the Yellowstone. And look at that. This is where Lewis and Clark are. Clark was actually there. And there's, they have a really cool, what do you call that, honey? It's kind of a path that follows the Yellowstone, how they came through the Missouri and down through the Yellowstone. Yeah. Oh, how cool. And you kind of follow it along. And then there's a, see how there's a stairway you can walk up to the very, very top. Oh, it and looks so check, nice and clean. And yeah. Yeah. So. And check this out, Kim. Can you see that signature? Is it W. Clark? July 25th, 1806. That's William Clark's signature on a rock. He carved wow. it into the rock. And then, oh hold on. It's the last physical. It's the last evidence physical of evidence of Lewis and Clark expedition. of the oh expedition, and it's in that rock, and they have it framed in so nobody can mess with it. And there's security cameras everywhere because then next to it, 
there's a there's dozens and dozens of other signatures from 1879, no. 1901, people that came through and saw the signatures and they put theirs yeah. there too. Is and then was Lewis on there too? Or no, you just it was Clark. Okay. But wow, it shows you, you kind of walk through this path and it takes you the rivers in the concrete and it takes you to each location and tells you what happened in that location right before oh, he met wow. Sacagawea and went over the Bozeman Pass, which is between Livingston and Bozeman. So you're like walking on that area. Oh, my gosh, that is so cool. That would be so fun. It was really, really fun. So that was on our way here to get to our location. Um, <laughs> our other sponsors are Chris Dental Family Dentistry because everyone is welcome at Chris Dental. And our last sponsor for the evening is Mercury Metal Design and Fabrication. We'll be hearing from each of those people coming up in a little bit. Yep. So how are you? You got I'm something good. special for us, don't you? I know. Well, so we have a couple of really good people tonight that joined us. And first is, of course, Bettina at the at the coast. And then we're going to talk mental illness because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. I teased that on Tuesday. So let's start with some good vitamin D sunshine over there at the coast. Bettina, we were taught, we, is it tonight? Were we right that it starts tonight? It kicks off? It does kick off. The carnival started today at three o'clock. And tonight is the coronation. Uh, this is our 115th roadie days or wow. rhododendron festival. And uh, we've been praying for good weather. And as you can see, we've got a little sunshine, which we're grateful for. So, Bettina, how big of a deal is this? Because it hasn't it been down for two years. Am I right? Three years. Our last roadie oh, fest was three. May 2019. And this oh. is a huge, huge deal for Florence. And, I mean, you know, the economy. I mean, that this brings people, you guys milk it. I love how you do this. You always do it the week before Memorial <laughs> Day. So you kick, you go, okay, now come over and then come over again. It's like, you're right. smart. The, <laughs> this is the third weekend is the traditional weekend. So hold on. Somebody's, I'm, I'm in the port of Sayusla. So people are coming in for the weekend. And uh, don't be alarmed if you hear some Harleys come by because, you know, it's that time of year. So it's beautiful that, um, you know, what happens is, is, you know, we have traditionally our winters are slow. So spring break comes and our tourists start to come back. And then roadie is really the kickoff for our tourism season. Uh, we just received back from uh, Travel Oregon contracts with a company called Dean Runyon. And they evaluate the tourism spend in different communities. Uh, West Lane County, which is basically Florence, our numbers in 2019 for the previous year were $147.6 million. Uh, pretty darn good for a little town of 10,000. Uh, the, the 2021 year just came out 200.6 million dollars. Wow. So we were up 30 something percent during COVID for tourism visitors. So oh, interesting. Okay. Our community is very dependent on tourism. And the, of course, that's always a big deal for the chamber because we're the marketing, the tourism marketing partner for the city of Florence. So it just makes us feel like we're doing a good job and people are coming over and they're connecting with our beautiful community and making memories and having a good time. So ready is that kind of second wave after uh, spring break and then Memorial Day weekend. And it used to kind of lull like a little, you know, little lull between now and, and 4th of July. But the last couple of years we've had no lull. So basically wow. this is the kickoff and it's gonna be it's gonna be busy. What's the what are the big things you have this year? The new stuff that we should look for? Uh, we don't really have any new stuff. We've got the vendor fair, which is on in Old Town, which is going to be great. We've got six food trucks, so it's going to be like a little food food truck area, which we haven't really done that before. We've got some kid area things, face painting and that kind of thing. Uh, there's going to be a Pinewood Derby, 
race. Oh, okay. On Saturday at the car show, which the car show is going to be this year is going to be at the middle school. Traditionally, it's been at grocery outlets, so it's going to be at the middle school this year, which is at 27th and Oak. So they're going to have the that and. The Wiener Mobile is coming. Uh oh! <laughs> I saw that online somewhere because it was yeah. like telling how long that thing is. You know, that's yeah. So, so the, the Wiener Mobile arrives tomorrow, and they'll be here all weekend long, uh, passing out Wiener whistles, and I don't know what else they're going to be doing. So it's just a fun family weekend. You know, lots of memories, and there's really something for everybody. You know, we've got, you know, we've got our Harley Rubs. You know, the rich urban bikers, and we've got our Harley gangs, and we've got. Um, We've got, you know, families coming with traditions, they're camping, they're hoteling, they're staying with their friends. And, mm -hmm. and you know, this is just really kind of one of those really heartfelt uh, traditions that after 115 years, people really, it's a multi-generation tradition. So, yeah. yeah well, right. I'm so it glad does. you're back. Yes. Yeah. We're back in bloom this year. That's our theme is we're back in bloom. Back in bloom. I love it. So fun. Well, thanks for telling us about it. And I hope you have lots of people. It sounds like there's no shortage of visitors right now. So, yay. Yeah. Awesome. And um, if anybody's interested, you can find out the information at florencechamber.com under the events tab and you can download all the all the details there. All right. Okay. Bettina, well, thank you so much for being with us. I, <laughs> I love that. I just saw Matt posted. He's such our little helper on here. Matt, yeah. Matt, Matt's getting, he, he secretly gets paid to do that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I remember the year Kathy and Jake and Jess and Jake, Jake and Jess and I and Kathy were yeah. the grand marshals of the parade in Florence. Oh, were you? Yeah, I went and borrowed some leather jackets from some bikers. <laughs> and then when we went through town, we got down to the downtown part. We jumped out of the car. We were in a convertible. We jumped out of the car, put on the leather jackets, and they went crazy. People were like, whoo, whoo, you know, because it was like, we were, here's my little kids. And Jake and Jess had little, they were like eight and six or something. They had little little leather jackets on. We have some great memories. from oh that's also the place. So so this is a place where we, when we did that, we, they put us up at Driftwood Shores and they gave us all these baskets of food and, and coupons oh. and stuff for being in the parade. So the next time, and my kids were little. So the next time we went to a hotel, cause we didn't go to hotels very much. We right. walked in and they was like, where's all the stuff? Where's that free stuff? Like, that doesn't happen every time you go to a hotel. <laughs> every, every place isn't Florence. They oh, don't yeah. mother you with all kinds of free stuff. Oh my stuff, gosh. You know, but my boys they were, were very let down at the next hotel. Yeah, we're not going to Depot Bay again. They're cheap. We want to go yeah. back to Florence. You know, it's like, Forget Disneyland. I want to go to Florence, that hotel. Yeah, Florence gives us all the good stuff. because you know. Oh my gosh. So cute. So um, hold on. I've got to I got to look at everybody's coming on here talking about Florence. This is my hometown. Oh, awesome. it's so fun. Yeah. And it looks so nice there, too. I, I'm sure they'll have a lot of people out there this weekend. All right. So let me get to another commercial and then we'll be right back because we have a really important topic that Kim set up with um, talking about mental health, because there's a lot of issues with that right now. We're going to go to the okay. experts. So hang on just a second. Yeah. So Lane Community College came in and dropped this off that this was basically an engine mount for a Cessna that was made between 1979 and 1985. So they asked us for a quick replication of it, made out of chromoly steel, exact measurements. So we'll take it, reverse engineer it, produce a bunch of them for them and give them some replicas. Because you can't find those anymore, so they bring you the actual part and you recreate it. Yep, yep. Our reverse engineering process, yeah. That's crazy. 
they do some amazing stuff at Mercury Metal yeah. and Snyder Fabrication. They can, if you have old parts to a car or something like that, you need it done. And they, they do big, huge projects, but they'll do stuff for local people as well because they're really into that. So Yeah, their stuff is great. I love watching them work too. All right. So let's bring on our next guest. Yes. Oh, let's bring her on. <laughs> we weren't enough, right? We're so lucky to have you because it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And Marion joined us luckily from the Elrod Center of Eugene, which is such an important organization to talk about. So I want to have you kind of tell us a little bit about what you guys do and, and, and also why it started for people who are unfamiliar. Okay. So uh, we are a mental health um, treatment program, essentially, and we wanted to work with youth in the way that they can receive the mental health treatment, and that's using play and art, expressive art. Um, we use canine-assisted therapy and a massage chair for static therapy, music room, like all kinds of different ways that the kids actually get help um, and can receive it. And the, re the way that we started it, um, it was basically we wanted to blend art and therapy together because okay. artistic expression is so important. Mm -hmm. And so is play as a, a form of the way youth uh, learn skills, uh, right. skills like um, emotion regulation and uh, learning to control thoughts and behaviors and anxiety and depression and all of those things. Um, those are, are learned very early on through play. Okay. And so art is a form of play and there's different forms of play. And it became very evident early on that not a lot of therapists are actually trained in using play effectively because okay. the KCREP degree, the master's degree is a great degree, but it's actually an adult degree. There's only like one course in children and adolescents uh. um, in the entire degree program. And so um, when you graduate with that degree. If you don't go to a place that provides the adequate training, then you're kind of just thrown in with an adult training level working with kids. And so we, we wanted to do two things. We wanted to treat kids in the right way and prevent mental illness as well as treat it. But we also wanted to train and equip the next generation of therapists too. So, so you guys are very unique in what you do, but also it's there's such a high need right now for mm -hmm. mental health. Um, there's a lot of, I know there's a shortage of counselors is one thing. Tell me about how you guys, how your program helps those who, um, and, well, just specifically what you do, because I know you said that you guys actually do still have some spaces. Is that still the case? Yeah. So we, we actually have been bending over backwards to try to get as many people in as possible. We've also opened up, um, for master's level interns to do their hours with oh, us, good. Mm -hmm. and that allows for them to get the experience and the training while also providing providing additional services to the youth. Um, the other thing that we've done is started a pilot program. I believe we're, if not the first, at least one of the first agencies in the country to partner with the school district in this manner, where we're filling in where the gap is. And the gap is for crisis management in the okay. moment, instead of waiting for a disorder to develop. We're doing early intervention, partnering with the schools um, for kiddos that will experience a crisis anywhere. We're working for, with pre-K all the way up through 12th grade. Um, okay. Right now, we're partnering with the Pleasant Hill School District, and they will refer. So we did some training with their counselors and teachers of what to look for. Mm -hmm. And then we'll refer the students to us, and then we will then evaluate, okay, do they need long-term services? Are they diagnosable? Or can we provide in-the-moment care that can help them 
prevent from developing a disorder. Marion, what are we seeing in terms of schools with with them? I, I was telling you, I was talking to you earlier, I heard there was 11 suicides in just one school district in our area um, in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Um, a lot of it people think are stemming from COVID or the reaction to COVID, they, you know, what it does to all of us. It's got, I mean, it's mm-hmm. making people just to be locked down. That's not what, what happens to normal humans. And what are, what are you seeing in terms of your business and when people are coming in, what are you finding? Well, there's a significant increase in suicidality. Um, the majority of the kids that come through, I would say a good at least 70% that are age 11 and up talk about having suicidal ideation. Um, not all of them are actually um, suicidal and want to act on it. In fact, most of them want help and don't want to feel like that. But the majority of the kids that we see come through here that are 11 and up have that those suicidal thoughts and tendencies, and it's just part of what creeps into their brain. I think, you know, we've been moving in this direction for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. There's always been isolation uh, because most of the interaction is through technology for this age group and it's a different type of social structure. And um, although there's a lot of value to it, there's also a lot of disconnect to it. And we had seen a steady increase in suicidal behavior prior to the pandemic. The pandemic just exacerbated it significantly. And um, there's some kids, like you'll see some kids that spent their kindergarten and first year in isolation that are suddenly basically second grade kindergartners. (laughs) you know, mm-hmm. even social emotionally. Right. And um, I, it's it blows my mind as what we're seeing right now. And the need is so high. There is, I mean, every single agency, all of the, um, all of the clinicians I know, everyone's collaborating and trying to work together without any kind of um, uh, competition because we're just trying to help these kids and we're trying to help these families and these adults and everybody that's experiencing these crises and there's just not enough of us. I was reading where 4J and I'm, I'm sure other districts are doing the same thing is, you know, they're, they're having these forums to try to figure out what to do to combat this whole situation. So what does a parent do? How do they know if their child might be in, in you know, having these thoughts? But, you know, I don't think many kids probably go to their parents and say, hey, by the way, I'm having, or, you know, and a lot of parents don't know what to look for. What do they look for? Uh, sudden changes in mood and behavior. Uh, the majority of the youth that experienced the pandemic have an adjustment issue going back into the school, going back into social. Um, if nothing else, a, an adjustment issue from a lack of development during that stage of time. There's less learning that occurred. Um, that's a common theme I hear is that Um, The kids will tell us they were half asleep during the classes because they didn't really have to pay attention. They lost a lot of the schooling, lost a lot of the education, and then they're thrown back in with normal class structure and are expected to know these things. Plus, they're suddenly going into the social, emotional, developmental stage they're just not ready for and haven't prepared for. Um, Many of the kids won't even take their masks off because they I'm so used to them and they're afraid to let anyone see their face. It's a safety thing. It's like, a, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got this mask and I'm going to keep it on. And a lot of, a lot of the kids will, will say it's for COVID reasons or fear of illness when in actuality, it's a fear of people, mm-hmm. the fear of social. So how do people get a hold of you at Elrod center? If they, you know, want to have, if they have more questions or you need more information. 
Oh, sure. So we have our website, elrodcenter.org. So www.elrodcenter.org. Um, they can also call our main line at 541-780-6836. If we are full and do not have the ability to help or um, the ability to accept their insurance at the time, we can certainly give referrals to others that we know may have openings coming up. Because like I said, we all try to coordinate with one another and try to get these kids the help as soon as possible. All right, yeah. Marion, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have some people reaching out to you because we know how important that is right now. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow, that's crazy, huh? Yeah, I know. And you know, there's it just seems to not get, get, be getting any better. You know, for a while we felt like things were going back to normal, and the masks came off. And of course, now who knows what's happening with that? But um, even then, Rick, it's still going up. You know, the, the, it's just there's just not enough help, not enough counselors. So people like her are so important right now. And you have, um, I mean, you're a teacher and you have teacher friends and you're seeing the same thing, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The kids who lost that access who, and you know, these online, when they were totally online and virtual um, and the teachers and the students didn't, both didn't know how to deal with it. The students, half of them just weren't there. They could even have their camera off, you know, so they just really were not doing the work. Right. Okay. Um, let's hear from Dr. Bratlin and then uh, we'll get Bill London on here with our news thing. So um, I know that you have children at home. Do you need to, do you need to move? No, it's okay. Do you want me to um, do my second choice of question? That's not yeah. related to. Yeah, you got a question. I'd love it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I lost the other one. So you guys will just have fun here. This is just, I mean, there's a lot of talk about space and Mars lately. So we're going to do it. This, how, uh, let's, let me find it here. Okay. How long does it take light from the Milky Way, the center of the Milky Way, to reach Earth. And some of you might remember this fun fact anyway. So how long does it take for light from the center of the Milky Way to reach Earth? We'll go with the space one tonight. I bet there's a lot of space space fans out there who might even know that. I am so, so Kim, scared. tell them what they get if they win. Yeah, you guys, if you can guess this, um, you can, or even get, maybe even just get close enough. Um, it, you can get a, is it 10% off, Rick, that we do for the hyperbaric treatment? So if you guys haven't tried it before, it's a great way to get in there and test it out and see what it's like because they'll give you 10% off and they're great, super helpful. So, so Matt, Matt McCarl over at New Leaf Hyperbarics, he sponsors this question every, every, uh, every Thursday. So if you guys answer it, Kim will watch the, 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 uh, comment section because yeah, you can see so you it can too as we go through and we'll bring up Dr. Bratlin and then we'll get to Bill and then we'll come at the end and see if we can find a winner. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. All right, let's Put go. Your guesses in. This is Dr. Michael Bratlin from Chris Dental. Too many good people are leaving Oregon. Why? Because people like you and I have sat back for years and allowed these radicals to slowly take control. They have infiltrated every aspect of our lives from school board members to governor. Well, I say this stops now. Let's take back Oregon. Stop talking about change, actually do it. Why? Because if you are like me, I love Oregon and I'm not leaving. Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London. Hola. And let's take a look at the primary that still isn't. Well, the fate of seven-term incumbent Democratic U.S. Representative Kurt Schrader from the newly gerrymandered 5th District uh, is still in limbo. That says election officials in Oregon's third most populous county, Clackamas, or 
scrambling to try and tally tens of thousands of ballots with blurry barcodes that their fancy dancy little computerized machines just can't figure out a way to count. Clackamas includes a large swath of Schrader's newly redrawn 5th District and he is facing stiff challenge in that primary from a far-left progressive candidate, Jamie McLeod Skinner. Now, Schrader, a moderate, is trailing in the vote count, but the race is still too close to call because there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of votes in Clackamas County that they're struggling to count. About 60 to 70 percent of the ballots that were cast have been rejected by the vote counting machines, and so they all have to be, well, tallied by hand onto another sheet and then run through the machines. And they're working on it, and they say at this point, they being Clackamas County and the clerk there, this may not be done until sometime next week. Now, the elections clerk there, Sherry Hall, says that when they found out about the problem with the ballots on May 3rd, it was too late to do anything about it and print new ballots. Election workers are still transferring those votes by hand, and county chairwoman Tootie Smith, who has the greatest name in politics, said at a news conference, all hands are on deck. They've repurposed 200 county workers to do ballot duplication duties, and they've also brought in some people from other counties to help him out on this. Now, the Secretary of State, Shamia Fagan, is still blasting the county. She said the delay is unacceptable and she's disappointed and said that she offered the county help, but they refused. Well, Hall disputed that and said she hadn't accepted, uh, that she had not accepted help. And she also said, well, I can't really force temporary election workers to work weekends. She said, we've never had this happen before. We've never had to duplicate two-thirds of our ballots, and it's huge. Meanwhile, in gubernatorial elections, and I say that because gubernatorial is fun to say, uh, usually governor's races end up in victories for Democrats. But this November's contest is going to be completely different because it's a three-way uh, three race. Former Oregon House Speaker Tina Kotek, of course, won the Democratic nomination, as one would figure she would. Uh, she's going to face the winner of the gubernatorial primary, which is Christine Drazen, as well as non-affiliated candidate Betsy Johnson in the fall. And as a non-affiliated, Johnson didn't have to spend a lot of money to run in the primary, even though she did on some advertising. She will be on the fall ballot as well. Yesterday, when Rick and I were talking, you knew that Bob Tiernan had officially said, yeah, I concede. Well, Christine Drazen says she's not taking anything for granted and is going to wait until all those votes come in from Clackamas County. As for Betsy Johnson, whose time in the legislature overlapped with, with Kotex, she said that Kotex is more Kate Brown than Kate Brown, which is a common comparison by opponents of Kotex as they associate her with the current governor's historically low approval ratings. And then today, two of the state's best-known former office holders, former Governor Ted Kulangoski, a Democrat, and former Oregon U.S. Senator Gordon Smith, a Republican, both announced in a joint press release that they are supporting Senator Betsy Johnson, 
who was running as the unaffiliated candidate. The men said in a joint statement, one of us is a proud Democrat and one a proud Republican, but first and foremost, we're Oregonians. But like so many others, we're worried about the state we love. From the homeless crisis to public safety to our schools and to the urban-rural divide, our next governor has big problems to solve, and we have complete agreement that Betsy Johnson is the best person to solve those problems. Federal and state health officials are recommending some Oregon residents start masking up again as COVID cases climb. The CDC says Multnomah, Washington, Columbia, Clackamas, Deschutes, and Benton counties should start wearing masks indoors and take other precautions. It's not a mandate, but they're still saying they should do that. But it's not a mandate. Not a mandate yet. Increased tax revenues are now predicted to deliver a record kicker rebate of $3 billion, with a B, dollars to taxpayers in 2024. State economist Mark McMullen said that the latest revenue outlook for the state's two-year budget cycle was, quote, nothing short of shocking. The size of the kicker is likely to fluctuate before it's finalized in the summer of 2023. According to McMullen, he says, we never could have imagined the sort of stuff that we've seen in the last couple of months. Oregon's income tax receipts this filing season mean a $2.3 billion increase in general fund revenue compared with just three months ago. But the unique kicker tax rebate would return much of the money to taxpayers who earned that money by working to begin with. The expected size of the kicker tripled since February. Okay, so let's end with an animal story because that's not what they always do with the news. Candidate Goose Goslings, say that fast three times, collected from Alton Baker Park in Eugene have tested now positive for the highly pathogenic avian influenza that according to the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife, and they think there's a larger outbreak because they found more sick and dead waterfowl around the park. They've also discovered a red-tailed hawk from Eugene and an osprey collected from Darina Reservoir May 10th have also tested positive. Now, those cases are the first confirmed in wild birds in Oregon. Earlier this month, a flock of chickens in Lynn County tested positive for the virus which was the first confirmed cases in Oregon since 2015. The risk posed by bird flu to human health, in other words, being zoonotic, is pretty low according to the CDC, but the new cases signal a need for the public to increase their vigilance and try not to spread the disease through being, well, humans. All right, that's a look at the news. Rick, it's time for you to roll out the reel. Get real, Rick, and have a good weekend, by the way. Oh, thanks, Bill. Did I you... love how he says that's what they do in the news and with the animal story. And I was expecting he was going to have some, because all they did, all we used to do on the news is, remember, we always had producers and they put some stupid, like, <laughs> water skiing squirrel or, the, you know. the Always something at the end. Yeah. yeah, just dumb. <laughs> You know, did you see Kyle Klein's comment? Birds need to mask up too. Mask, yeah, fact, the birds need them. The CDC should get involved in this and get those birds masked up right away. I'm you know, surprised that hasn't they, happened. I think in Oregon, if they try to bring masks back, I mean, there will be people that do it because there's a oh, lot of people sure, that are yeah. afraid. Yeah. But I think that, um, you know, this is like a cold. And I think they're going to have a really hard time. I, I, there's part of me that kind of hopes that they push it. 
because I want to see people push back and maybe see that they can avoid, you know, they don't have to do everything the government's telling them to do. Right. And right. And back. doing it now, like you said, start talking about it now, not right now when it happens. Right. If you, if you wait until they mandate it for mm -hmm. sure, because look, there's, they're trepidate, they're in trepidation. And mm -hmm. this is like moving and going, we rec, we highly recommend you do yeah. this, but we're not mandating it yet. Cause they know if they mandate it right, right now, but they'll keep bringing it up and bringing mm -hmm. it up and putting mm -hmm. it on the news and sticking yep. it in, you know, making people afraid. More fear factor. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how they do it. That's what they bring yep. in. So, Kevin, mm -hmm. did anybody get, I saw a couple of guesses. Did anybody get I, a, I didn't see the guesses. For some reason, mine weren't popping up. So. Was, I had one for 100,000. Okay. Um, okay. Is that right? No. Oh, Gary. No, but, oh, Gary. Um, was there, oh, and Matt, then was there anyone else? Matt Kendall said 100,000 light years. Matt, you can't win again anyway. And no. Matt, what one. are you going to do? Just like year. live. Matt, Matt, you just want to live at New Leaf Hyperbaric Tank. <laughs> don't you? Why don't you just buy one? No, he got the gym, Rick. He got the gym. So now he wants it to be. Oh, his. now he wants the other one. You know what That's Matt right. should do? He should really just buy one and put it in his real estate office. So oh. then when people like his clients go in and bid and get outbid by somebody else, here, you know what? I've got just a solution a for you. <laughs> Got this hyperbaric chamber in my office. You go sit in there for an hour and you'll feel so much better. Matt, That's how Rick got through it. Matt, I think I'm onto something for you. This could be like the newest thing for you. I, I bet um, he's going to think of it. it. He likes things million, like that. Stacy says a million light years. A million light years. Okay. Um, so no, but, uh, well, I don't know what it equates to for a million light. I'll tell you what it is. It's 25,000 years. So I don't know if that equates to a million light years. Um, but what I thought was so funny about that, you were talking about what you guys, you and Kathy saw and this, so 25,000 years means it dates back to when humans were still in the stone age. It's so, it's just fascinating to me. Space just, I mean, it's just amazing anyway, but it get it wrapped. I'll get it wrapped. Okay, Matt. So, so we are, um, yes. So, so we're not living in the stone age right now. It sure feels I like know, it. Right? it. Doesn't it feel like it? Hmm. No, we've gone back that far. <laughs> no wonder uh, there's all this talk of getting to Mars. Okay. So, so you guys go to the Florence, go, go, go celebrate the go Florence the Rody Rody days because they're back mm -hmm. after three years and go down and have some fun. Don't pay attention to all the garbage going on in the world. If you're in Montana, you should come over to the, you know, the horse bucking show. Um, it's going to be great. Go. We'll see what are you happens. Guys, you're going to be, what are you doing tomorrow over there? Um, honey, don't they have like, so they have like a, um, tonight we go to this concert. It started because okay. here it's later than there. So it's yeah. starting. So we go to that concert and then they have this at the fairgrounds. They have all kinds of stuff. There's a big parade on Saturday morning. Okay. There's, um, there's events tomorrow. Then they have the bronking. You go watch them actually get butted off of these things and bucking. And so we've never been, so we don't really know. So we're going to be like the people that look, oh, yeah, yeah. You guys need to get cowboy boots. You already no, have so we have, Kathy and I have cowboy boots and cowboy hats and they're packed in our storage bin. Oh. With all, everything else we own, all we have on us. We're so, we had to go to the store the other day, Kim, because it was 70 degrees here. So we had to go to TJ Maxx and buy shorts and t-shirts because we don't have, we're, you can't wear flannel in 70 no. degree weather. And that's no, we that have. feels so hot to you guys right now, right? You, you know what you're going to notice after June 1st? It's going to look like I have a whole new wardrobe because I'm going to have my clothes back. <laughs> yeah. I know the same five shirts you've been rotating through. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rick's wearing a lot of black these days. Yeah, it's the same shirt. Oh, my God. Like, yep. That's smell vision. But it's you like, guys yeah. are going on a shopping spree in your old, in your storage facility. So. Erica yeah. says we should go to the Miles City Saddlery and get outfitted. 
Oh, she, Erica knows her stuff. She knows where this is. Honey, they have a saddlery. Just what I need, yeah. Erica. More clothes for my wife. <laughs> Kathy's going to get some more. Yeah. I oh, want to see. Erica's right. I should get a new wardrobe and some new cool shoes. Old you got to fit in there. I want to see those outfits. Send pictures of Kathy all decked up. Oh, we were in the Pendleton Roundup uh, Parade when I ran against Governor Brown as when she was then state, you know, Secretary of State running oh, yeah. for. Mm -hmm. And we got we wrote it all off at our campaign, too. Yeah. But we got boots. We got the whole thing. So we, we're 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 like cowboys. And you, guys have it. you just need to pull it out. Oh, geez. Too bad you don't have it for this weekend. Well, maybe that's there's a new pair of boots there for you. We'll just look like Oregonians as we go around. We'll just really stand out. <laughs> Because I don't have my license plate changed yet because we have to have a home to change your license. Oh, so right. People don't really right. like when you that's one of the first things you're supposed to do because people mm -hmm. don't really like you. I found a sign on my car the other day that said F you. Oh, and, wow. I mean, I, I've had those at home, too, but I know those are people that <laughs> I was a dancer. I, I don't take that personally, but this is somebody because I had it doesn't even know who you are. They saw an Oregon license plate and they just said, hey, fuck you. I don't want you down here anymore. Well, they really love Oregon people. <laughs> yeah, Oregon. There's only one thing worse than an Oregonian in Montana. That's a Californian. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Thanks for right. the warning. Right, guys? <laughs> Next week, we'll have a story that we produced on um, Kathy and I went on a tour under the mines in Butte, Montana. So that's yeah. still in here. And then we're going to grab some video of whatever this is we're at. So you guys will be able okay. to see that and we'll have that next week as well. All righty. Okay. okay. Sounds good. You guys have fun out there. Send some All pictures. Right. You have a good weekend too. Bye everybody. Right. See you, Kim. All right. So you guys have a great weekend. Um, yeah. Don't take life too seriously either. And don't pay attention to the headlines because they'll just drive you in the wrong direction. All right. See you guys later. I'll talk to you on Monday right here on Get Real with Rick Dancer.